and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number one. It is the 1st of October, it is spooky season and what better way to celebrate spooky season than to have 31 days of spooky awesome listener stories. Just to give you guys a little breakdown as to how things are going to go for this month, we are going to do 31 days of listener stories. There will not be main episodes for the month of October but there will be Patreon episodes as per usual and speaking of which... I would like to thank some very important new Patreon subscribers. So I would like to thank Carolina W, Lee Lewis, Deb, Ashley Iafleis, Matthew Trier, Nicole Galagos, Rebecca, Shannon Patrice, Brittany Androjack, Yarit De Leon, Mark Chandler, Stephanie, Katie Mullen, Carolyn Kay, Jin Spooks. Carla Ramos, Jennifer Wilson, Lauren Alexander, Kieran Jordan, and Lisa Cooper. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon. You are so appreciated every single day. And I have got four lovely listener stories for you today. And the last story comes from August the 23rd, 2020. And story number one comes from Holly. When I was 13, my parents had been divorced for about two years and I was living with my mum and my brother in a flat above an estate agent's. Just to set the scene, I hated that flat. It was recently renovated and I've never been able to find any strange history on the building, but I always felt like I was being watched by a sinister presence. To enter the flat, I had to go around the back of the shop, open the front door which beeped for security up a steep flight of stairs and then could turn left towards my mum or my brother's room or turn right and go down a hallway to my room or the living room and the rest of the flat. One night I convinced my mum to go on her Christmas work party as she never went out and deserved a nice night. Being the older sister and a stroppy teenager, I insisted I could babysit my younger brother who was around eight at the time. My mum left at around eight I'd put my brother to bed at 9 and was watching TV in my room, when at around 11 I decided to go to sleep. I was waiting to fall asleep when I heard voices. My room had a step down into it, so if you crouched down you could see under my door and down the hall to the top of the stairs. I didn't want to disturb my mum if she brought her friends home, but I wanted to see who it was because I'm nosy. So I crouched down and looked through the crack at the bottom of the door. It was dark but the streetlight outside the hall window was enough to give a clear view. I heard women talking and walking up the stairs. I could physically hear the footsteps on the stairs, but couldn't quite make out what the women were saying. I remember getting nervous and apprehensive knowing something wasn't right, because they hadn't turned the light on and the front door hadn't beeped. The footsteps and talking got louder until they reached the top of the stairs and rounded the corner heading towards the living room and then everything went quiet. My heart was beating so fast I could hear it in my head, because all the time I tracked the women talking and walking, I saw nothing. Not a damn thing. And that's when I really panicked. I called my mum, thinking maybe they quickly jumped from the stairs to the lounge when I blinked, desperate to think of some rational excuse. But when she answered, she was still at the party and asked if everything was okay. I lied and said everything was fine because what else do I say? No, I'm not okay, there's invisible women in the house. 
I never heard the women again, so I don't know whether it was a record of the past instead of a haunting, but either way, I was glad when we moved out. Fast forward to university. I was in bed watching Most Haunted at around midnight. Just to clarify, I don't believe Most Haunted is real. It was just fun to watch people jump and run around over a tap that you never heard. So anyway, I was in bed in the dark with my back against the wall adjoining my ensuite. The door to the ensuite was open and was down a small hallway to my left and I was backed into a corner with a wall on my right. Just as the episode was getting a bit tense, I thought, shit, I should have shut the bathroom door. What if a monster jumped out from the pitch black? When I shit you not, the goddamn bathroom light came on. Not gonna lie, I think a bit of me died in that moment. The bathroom light was a flick switch outside of the bathroom, so it wouldn't go on by itself and never had before. I did what anyone would do and called my mum. As I was panicking and she was trying to calm me down, I said out loud, God, I wish the light would just turn off. And the bloody thing turned off. I nearly cried and couldn't even run out of the room because it would now mean passing the open bathroom door into the pitch black room where something was lurking and fucking with me. I texted my housemate to come and help me, but I'd stupidly locked my door. While he was on the other side of the door asking if I was okay, I ran through my room squealing, not looking at the bathroom, unlocked the door, ran out and hid behind him. I made him check the entire room to see if anyone was in there, but again, nothing. I always kept the bathroom door shut after that. The last memorable story I have is painful but meaningful. My mum's dad always meant a lot to me and still does. He was like a second father when my parents went through their messy breakup and always made me laugh. He was an amazing man, with an amazing history, working in the Navy, the Special Boltman Service, and then working in power stations in Nigeria and Libya. He had hilarious stories, including a few that started with, So I was in this brothel, which my grandmother would always shake her head and laugh at, as it was before they were together. Sadly, in my final year of uni, he was diagnosed with cancer and eventually told it was terminal. It was crushing to see this mighty man wither away over months. To help take my mind off impending uni exams and my granddad's failing health, my fiancé, now husband, had booked a holiday for us to Bruges in Belgium for our six-year anniversary of when we first started dating. I didn't want to go because I knew granddad didn't have long, but my family insisted he didn't want me to waste my life and instead wanted me to live it and be happy. So I went on the holiday and had an amazing time. That was until the 6th of January 2016, the day of our six-year anniversary. I was woken up just after 8am. It was as if someone had shouted my name and I sat bolt upright. I looked up to the corner and saw a shadow figure of a man. I wasn't frightened. I just watched as it stood there, facing me, and then shot through the wall. I was so confused and shocked at what I just saw and went to the bathroom for some water while I thought. As I reached the bathroom, the door opened on its own. It hadn't done that in the three days that we had been there, but trying to be rational, I closed it again and walked up to it and even jumped in front of it to try and open it again, but nothing. For the whole day, I had a weight of sadness over me and even my partner Jack noticed and tried his best to cheer me up, but I knew something was wrong. I lived with my mum at the time, as I was only 20, nearly 21. 
and when I first walked through the door when I got back home, my mum said she had something to tell me. I instantly said, Grandad's dead, isn't he? My mum looked surprised but said yes. I then said it was on the 6th, wasn't it? And she went pale again and said yes. I laughed in shock that I was right, muttering, I bloody knew it, and then cried as it hit me and she told me what happened. He had passed away surrounded by everyone but me at just after 7am on the 6th of January 2016. Bruges is one hour ahead in time, so I woke up at 8am and saw the shadow man at the same time that my granddad passed. I liked to think it was him saying goodbye, because everyone else had gotten to say goodbye to him but I hadn't. So as much as I sometimes hate my quirky gift, I'm grateful that I got to see my granddad one last time. And story number two comes from Elliot. This one happened at my mum's house. I suddenly remembered it because my childhood friend AJ recently asked me if I ever had anything strange happen in my mum's house. They said that in their house next door, in the attic and the cellar, they always had a strange feeling of dread and being watched. At this point, I suddenly remembered something that had completely gone from my memory. I think we had a similar issue in my mum's house. The attic was briefly my bedroom and I always felt anxious whenever the lights were off in there. Like I was being watched and just generally not safe. Normally, I can't sleep in a bedroom that isn't pitch black and haven't since I was a small child. However, in the attic, I couldn't sleep at all if the lights were off. When my sister went to university, I moved into her bedroom. Never did I need the lights on to sleep again. The weirdest thing, though, didn't happen to me. Now, full disclosure, my stepdad is a recovering alcoholic and at the time was a heavy drinker. My mum always insisted he was just drunk and hallucinating, but he never had hallucinations at this time, and when he did later, they weren't visual. It's also possible that he was lying and winding us up, but when he did stuff like that, he'd be very insistent, and eventually admit it wasn't true. He only told us this story once, and then went quiet after he was told he was lying. If asked about it later, he always insisted it was true and seemed a little frightened, Plus, when he was drunk, he never remembered what happened the next day, and he remembered this vividly. Of course, he is a complete bastard, so maybe he just did this to freak me out as a child. Anyway, the story. My stepdad got up to go to the toilet one night. The bathroom light was on, but it was always on since the bathroom was next to the stairs. He opened the door to see a little girl sitting on the side of the bath. She had blonde hair and was wearing a nightie or rather a long blue t-shirt that came to just above her knees. She scowled at him and said, Go away. He turned around and ran to the bedroom to wake my mum up. He told her what happened, but she just mumbled, Neil, you're drunk, go to sleep. He went back to the bathroom and she was gone. My sister said this was probably just me, except I have ginger hair. And not bright light ginger, darker auburn hair, definitely not blonde. I mean, I might have told the asshole to go away. But if it was me, I have no memory of this. And I doubt anyone would mistake my hair for blonde. And story number three comes from Kaylee. When my grandpa died, my grandma was obviously devastated. They had been married for nearly 60 years and were always known as Jack and Trudy, 
never just Jack or Trudy. They were always together. The morning he died, my grandma had slept in uncharacteristically. She then heard the voice of my grandpa say, Well, Trudy, are you going to sleep all day? Which woke her up. She wasn't scared by it, comforted actually. My second grandpa's story is that with my grandma in her 80s, she couldn't take care of her home without my grandpa. She had hired some gardeners to help with the backyard. One of the gardeners had seen my grandpa watching them from the sunroom. After work, one of the gardeners asked where the mister was so he could say goodbye. The other gardener replied, the mister's not here, he's dead. And that poor gardener never came back. The night my other grandmother passed away, I knew before I came home from a slumber party that she had died. I just had a weird feeling. Years later, I had a dream in which I saw my grandmother. I just grabbed her around her legs and was crying and saying how much I missed her. She hugged me and told me that she missed me too. That dream didn't seem like a regular dream. I have never since dreamed about a deceased family member. I truly believe that she visited me and comforted me. I used to have deja vu a lot, like not just regular deja vu, but I knew what people were going to say before they said it. I've since grown up and haven't had it in about 20 years, but the one time that freaked me out was as follows. I was working out at the gym, riding the bike. One of my mom's friends walked by and I said hi. As he walked away, I remember feeling so sad. So sad for this poor man. I felt really, really bad for him. But then it just clicked that I had no idea why I felt so bad for him. I can't remember how many days passed. I want to say it was about a week, perhaps even a month. But he had gotten into a fatal motorcycle accident. I knew then that that was why I felt sorry for him. That was a very strong case of deja vu which I haven't had since. I did once have a dream my co-worker was pregnant with a girl. After I told her that dream she told me I was crazy even though she had just recently found out that she was pregnant and hadn't even told her family yet. My mom has not seen any ghosts. She has smelt them. She has smelt her deceased grandfather's cologne in her car. She has smelt pipe smoke in her bathroom for my deceased grandfather. She told him he was welcome to stay, but he couldn't smoke. My parents have seen shadows in their hallway. I lived in that house forever and nothing had ever happened. Not my mom, but a boyfriend came over once and said there was an old man in the house and he didn't like him. Which sounded about right because my grandfather was a bigot and my boyfriend was Mexican. My mom's cousin and her family live a few blocks away from us. My mom's cousin wakes up in the middle of the night for no reason one night, just struck with fear. She woke up and looked into her hallway where she can see the bedroom doors of her two children. She sees something standing in between the two children's doors. She could see its back, so it was facing the children's rooms like it was choosing. She was finally able to move and woke her husband who saw the figure too. In the morning they talked about how they weren't going to let the kids know what they saw because they were both under 10 at the time. When the kids came to the table for breakfast they asked if their parents had seen the purple monster in the hallway the night before too. My first job was as a dishwasher at a restaurant, which was located in one of the city's first buildings that was built in the 1800s. No one told me about anything scary that happened to them until I told them what I experienced. It was after work, after lunch, 
and I was washing the dishes in the kitchen alone when I heard someone calling my name. I turned around and no one was there, so I walked down the hallway to the office where everyone, the restaurant manager and waitresses were. I asked what was up, who needed me. They all looked at me with big eyes and said, No one. We've been here the whole time. But there is a ghost in the building and if you've worked here long enough it will call your name. I had also seen a shadow behind me only to turn around and find that I was alone. Apparently the waitresses and the cooks had also heard their names and seen shadows to discover that they were alone too. Another time I was at a restaurant with some friends when I had to use the bathroom. I was in a stall minding my own business when I heard the door open and see the shadow of feet walk by me under the stall door. I heard the door shut, but that was all I heard. Nothing after that, no sound. I freaked out and decided to look under the stalls, but there were no feet. No one was in the bathroom but me. I couldn't wash my hands and get out of there quick enough. I've only been back a few times, but I've never used the bathroom since. And story number four comes from Rebecca. My name is Rebecca and I grew up in San Diego, California and still live near there after 45 years. I will try to make this long story a short one so it's not too painful. The only person in my family that believed in the paranormal is my mother. I never experienced ghosts and spirits as a child, but do vividly recall strange experiences. I suffered horrible nightmares as a child, so bad that my parents had to rock me to sleep after because I would be so shook up. I also remember having out-of-body experiences, like I was in a new body or something, and I know that sounds so strange. After my first son was born, I worked for a lovely doctor who practiced something called soul memory. She invited me one weekend over to her house for a session. I was sceptical and honestly felt really silly. After the session, she asked me if I knew anyone that died. At the time, I only knew people I grew up with in high school. Keep in mind, this woman didn't know anything about my past. We literally only worked a short time together prior to our visit. I said, I had some acquaintances from school, but that's all. Do you have a name? She sat there with her head down and used a pendulum while listening to my guides and said, Sherry. I was blown away. This was a young girl I went to middle school and high school with. She was killed when she was 16 years old in a car accident. I went to her funeral. I remember sitting at the back of the church and just knew she was present and felt very calm and peaceful. The doctor told me that sometimes spirits don't go to the light and they stay around. She called them earthbound spirits that connect to the living. I guess she was connected to me for many years and in fact I think she protected over me a bit. But that's a longer story. She told her to go into the light and I was feeling so awkward at that moment. She also told me that I had many lives and had to be careful about getting pregnant again because many spirits were trying to come back. I got pregnant with my second son a few months after my session. Before my second son was born, my eldest, my husband and I lived in a small condo. This was my grandmother's. She was alive at the time but lived with my father so he could care for her. My son was under the age of three when we lived in this place. He would always come to me and say his toys moved in the middle of the night. And one night he and I were watching TV on my bed and he said, Daddy is home. I looked over into the hallway and saw nothing. 
I made sure no one else was there and my husband confirmed he was still at work. I asked him what he saw. He said he saw a man in the hallway that looked like he was wearing a tall hat. No one died in that house. My grandmother was the original owner. At this point, I thought nothing of it because kids think they see things. There was another time in that condo where my son tripped on the stairs and said a ghost pushed him. Again, I didn't think anything of it and just thought he had a big imagination. Shortly after my second son was born, we moved into a large house 45 minutes north of San Diego to a large town called Temecula. Temecula, California has a lot of history. Back in the early days, Native Americans resided on the land. There was even a massacre that happened between the Cahuilla and the Luiseno in 1847. We learned the burial site years later after living in this house was right behind our home. My eldest was the first to see spirits in the new house. He would say, Mommy, they look like they lived in the old days. And he would even see a dog in the house when we didn't have any animals at this time. One night I came home after grocery shopping with the kids and the minute I walked in the door I thought I saw someone in the corner of my eye wearing white run as soon as I walked in. It startled me and I recall looking around the house for someone. I didn't see anyone but myself and the kids. About an hour later after this I was upstairs on the computer and my eldest child came to me looking scared as if he had seen a ghost. I asked him what was wrong and he said I just saw a woman standing by your bedroom doorway. Of course I got up to look and there was no one there. Again, I asked him what she looked like and all he could say was that she looked like the woman from 101 Dalmatians. You know, the creepy mean woman with the large white coat. I remember this night so vividly. This was when I knew my son could see things. He seemed to go out of seeing things in the house sometime around nine years old, thank God. Also, I need to mention that it wasn't just our house where he would see things. My father picked him up from school one day and he was crying. My dad could not get any information out of him as to why he was upset. That night he told me he saw a man walking around the playground with arrows and wounds in him. No other kids could see him and this made him upset. It makes sense to me now learning that we live on what was once Native American land. A few times he also saw a man he could only explain at that age as looking as if he had antlers coming out of his head. My youngest was three when he started seeing people in the house. He too said they looked like they were wearing clothes from a long time ago. With him, the youngest son, he was literally seeing people every week, almost like a family. A little girl, he said, was watching me take a nap. A man, the same man multiple times, a little boy and a woman. My friends knew how scared I was and helped me get some people to come to the house and do EVP recordings. You could hear very faintly a woman humming on the recordings, but nothing negative or evil. Eventually, as he got older, he stopped seeing spirits. The boys still to this day are now 18 and 21 years old and don't like to talk about it. We actually moved out of this house recently in October of 2019 and we had lived there for 17 years. We had challenges setting this house and were told by a spiritual psychic that the land we lived on was owned by a family in the 1930s and Native Americans long before that. She said they were upset that we were moving and to tell them that we would promise to get a nice family to move in. And it worked. I finally sold the house. My story is not creepy and maybe boring compared to other stories. 
I just wanted to share that I do believe there are good spirits that connect with us and maybe even enjoy being around us. Or maybe we're the ghosts and they're wondering why we are in their house. Thank you so much for listening to day one of 31 Days of Terror. Thank you to Holly, Elliot, Kaylee, and Rebecca for sending in your stories. If you have a story that you would like to send in, you can send it to Podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, reallifeghoststories.com. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.